What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. It's also on YouTube. Coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen and tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're diving deep on Chauncey Billups. He is perhaps the biggest question outstanding about the Blazers' next steps. Obviously, there is so much unknown with the roster, but he's the real holdover from the previous iteration of this team. And while he has not been successful in his first two seasons as an NBA head coach, uh, I think there's reason to believe he could be more successful, but there's a lot of major, major, major question marks as he takes over the reins of a totally new and very young roster. So... What I want to do in today's show is kind of look at what Chauncey Billups has done, what he wants to do, and what he needs to do to prove he's the guy. Uh, let's just get this out in front early, because I know um, some of y'all might bail, so at least get my takes. Uh, but everyone should listen to the end, because that's where the real secrets are. But I, I haven't been impressed with Chauncey Billups as a coach in two years. As a person, I really enjoy have enjoyed covering Chauncey Billups. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time around him his first year in the league, a little bit of time around him last year. But like for, from a media perspective, someone who just, you know, you have to cover him pregame, Billups is honest and a great storyteller and fills up your notebook in a way that other coaches don't always. Um, he's like... He's like pretty easy to work with. Um, sometimes I think he's a little uh, he's a little flowery around his players, not as critical as he can be. But his first year, he was probably too critical, so he's dialed back the, dialed it back a little bit. But as a coach, I haven't really been impressed with him. I haven't, to be honest. But I'm not. I'm going to try not to let that color too much of how I judge him this year. And that's kind of what I want to encapsulate in this episode: what we've seen and what needs to happen for. Our, you know, I, my judgment doesn't really matter, but to, for me to feel comfortable and me to kind of change my tune and perhaps for many of you out there who are skeptical to change your tune, I have some thoughts on what absolutely has to happen, but let's, let's start with what Billups has done, uh, because like how he got here, how we wound up here kind of paints the way I feel and probably how you feel too, right? Like past performance is all we've got. First year of Billups career is just like massive organizational turnover, um, it's, he, I, I personally think that roster was talented, uh, and poorly utilized. It was a minor oops, all guards monstrosity to be sure. Like I don't want to excuse that, but, um, I think it was a more talented roster than they played, but Dame was injured. The executives were quitting or getting fired in Olshay's case. And it was just like, it, it was a mess that there was an absolute, um, dystopian version of a basketball team and Billups never Billups never got that team going um but I think that's important that team was never good as as Chauncey Billups learned the ropes that basketball team was never good they, they just it just it never happened at one point they were 10 and 8 they never got above that again uh they just they were they were maybe poorly poorly constructed but a talented roster for my money that was a that was a a playoff ta- a playoff caliber roster that just never sniffed anywhere near the playoffs year 2 billups the roster made more sense uh it was less talented a lot of y'all 
killed me last year for saying that I thought that the team was less talented, but I'll just reheat that take real quick in case you missed it a season ago. I think the first year of Chauncey Billups, the first year Chauncey Billups coach was, was notably more talented than year two last year. Uh, notably more talented. and But the roster made more sense. They got off to a 10-4 and four start, um, and then they just stunk like there's, there's no way around it they were 23 and 45 after that 10 and 4 start they were basically bad from the last week of november on they were not they weren't good again they were they you know they hung around like oh they're only four and a half games out of seventh or four and a half games out of six but they were never like firmly in sixth place looking behind at anyone they were like okay they just got to leapfrog five teams and they'll get there they were never good they did punt on the last 10 games but still Yikes. Um, also, I dismissed the idea that last year's team was derailed by injuries. I dismissed that whole cloth. Um, they were if you, they were generally, if you look at their best players, generally very healthy. Um, they did miss Justice Winslow, who got injured the week of Christmas. The season had already been going south for a month by the time Justice Winslow got hurt. And any team, any team, that can no longer be competitive because Justice Winslow is not on the roster, is not a good basketball team to begin with. I dismiss it whole cloth. I dismiss it. Uh, I, I, I've seen some people suggest, I, even Chauncey Billups said, then the injuries came when talking about last year. Injuries were not the problem. They were not good. That was the problem. So, in two seasons, Chauncey Billups is 60-40. and 40. 27-55 and 33-49. and 49. Uh, Some of this question in this whole show is like something I've toyed with a lot if you're a long-time listener. is just like, how much can a coach actually do? The answer isn't nothing. It's not nothing. But I certainly believe that roster talent is the leading factor in coaching success. But coaching without a doubt matters. Um, my internal debate about how much I think it matters is not important necessarily, but um, I think the roster talent matters. They, the neither of the two teams that Chauncey Billups has coached were like high-level contenders, right? I think the first year he he had a team that was like a low-level playoff team, and I think last year he had like a play-in type team. Both teams underperformed uh, in 21-22, his first season. They were 27th in offense and 29th in defense. Bottom five in both. Bottom three in both. Yikes. Uh, to be clear, you know, Damon Lord didn't play after December 31st, and they were 16th on offense when Dame went down. Still a below-average offense. Dame was hurt. It was weird. We can throw out year one in terms of, like, deeply meaningful. But the team underachieved. In year two, they were 18th on offense and 28th on defense. Again, a bottom two defensive unit. They were 9th on offense before Dame was shut down at the end of March. So, you know, you could say a top 10 offense and a bottom two defense, kind of what you might have expected with that roster. But they certainly didn't, they were never more than the sum of their parts. They were kind of exactly what they were. They were exactly the sum of their parts. So, how do we judge Billups moving forward? Because winning, like the wins and losses, how we typically judge coaching, because that that's that, that that's what matters. At its core, coaching is about winning games. Like that that's the that's the goal here. But winning isn't necessarily a priority this season. That won't mean that Chauncey Billups won't coach to win games in the fourth quarter or whatever. He will, hopefully all season long. Hopefully they will be um, just normal bad, so they won't have to be embarrassingly, aggressively, and intentionally bad like they've been each of the last two seasons, which have undeniably skewed Chauncey's coaching record. 
but winning isn't isn't a priority this season. So one of the issues is that if with a win loss record might be bad again this year, and after two years, it's hard to say exactly where Chauncey Billups has made him his mark as a coach. Then my question is, how do we judge Chauncey Billups? Well, let's start by talking about what he's good at, what we know his strengths are, and, and, and then we can move on from there to things that we know he doesn't do well. That's what I'll talk. we will talk about, I will talk about in the uh, second segment. What does Chauncey Billups do well? I got some undeniable positives from the Chauncey Billups tenure that I will share with you. First, I want to tell you about some comfortable pants. Look, all summer I was telling you about comfortable shorts. I was rocking bird dogs all summer long. I was rocking the stretch khaki shorts, but it's October in Portland. It's short, I've retired my shorts, okay? They're coming back in July. It was actually a nice day today. I don't want to be too mean to the state of Oregon. But the thing about the the joggers that I'm rocking now from bird dogs is they're freaking comfortable too. Um, they fit great. They look great. They're super versatile. So I can wear them lounging around on the couch. I can wear them out to the grocery store. I can dress them up with like, you know, a, a nicer, nice pair of shoes and a nice shirt and kind of look like I'm, I've got my ish together and go out for basically any occasion. Catch me strutting around in my bird dogs. So if you want to have comfortable, versatile clothing that's made with the cloud knit, cloud knit fabric that's super comfortable and has anti-stink sweat wicking technology so you smell good you feel good you look good well go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba or enter the promo code locked on nba at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle when you order your own that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off i promise you all right. So, what does Chauncey Billups do well? I think there's a couple of undeniable things. Undeniable. Amphrey Simons has played the best basketball of his career under Chauncey Billups' leadership. That is undeniable. Billups, uh, you know, took over and midway through that his first season, Amphrey Simons had a breakout. The Blazers had been telling us, coaches, executives, players, that Simons was going to be so, 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 so dang special. But it didn't happen until Billups got here. Simons didn't have that breakout under under the prior previous coaching staff. He had it under Billups. When Billups, you know, due to injuries and specific situation, obviously created by a team already being bad and banged up and trading Norman Powell and trading CJ McCollum, but gave Simons the rock and he averaged 27 and 7 for six weeks on hyper-efficient shooting. Then he had a really efficient year last year and shot, uh, you know, 38% from three on volume and averaged over 20 points per game. And he looks like he's poised to do that again. Undeniable, Simons has played his best basketball with Chauncey Billups in charge. Another undeniable thing. From my not that close, but probably closer than you, dear listener, my somewhat close observations, it seems like players genuinely like and trust Chauncey Billups. Players like his energy. They like his approach. Um, and and for what I've heard, folks for, who've seen it close behind behind closed doors from from what some may tentatively call league sources. Tentatively, I meant like uh, I'm a little cautious. Cautiously called league sources is that Billups isn't a screamer. 
he'll tell people what needs to be said, but he's not going to yell and, 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 and call you out and embarrass you. He's going to say, hey, this is the way we do it. Blow the whistle dead and practice and tell you what you need to hear. But he doesn't embarrass folks. And I think that approach and that energy and the way that he's honest and is able to coach players hard, but is kind of still like, can be a, a what you know a player's coach, which has some negative connotations to be sure. People like, broadly speaking, players have been given the opportunity to, to expand their offensive games. I think that's undeniable too under Chauncey Billups, right? People like him. And they like the way he carries himself. And part of the reason they probably like him and the way he carries himself is because he said, welcome to the Portland Trailblazers. Do you want to spread your wings? Nurk started launching three-pointers with Chauncey Billups and started making them because he said, you know what? I'm comfortable with it. When Matisse Thibel showed up here, Chauncey Billups said, shoot the dang ball. That's like the number one thing is like, just shoot. Like, we absolutely do not want you to be tentative. And when Cam Reddish showed up at the trade deadline last year, he was getting the encouragement to just play freely. Go do what you do. Drive to the rims. Grab and go off rebounds. Play your game. Like, you know, like just do do what you do. Players like that. They like the freedom. They like the encouragement. They like the... Um, a word of the previous coaching staff that Neil Olshiel has used to use, empowerment, the empowerment from Chauncey Billups. They appreciate it. I think that's undeniable. The sort of more, the firmer things, though, with Billups, harder to, harder to find undeniable positives. He excels in the soft stuff. He really does. I, I think people... You know, a lot of the the young guys on the team were like born when he was winning a championship. So he's like an NBA, a true NBA legend. Someone they don't even remember playing, and he was old. Or by the time they do remember him playing, and don't remember his his like true true glory days. And the guys who are a little bit older truly remember him as like a player of their youth. You know, if if uh, excuse me, Malcolm Brogdon, born in 1992, was was just just coming of age in 2004 as a 12-year-old when Chauncey Billups was going to win NBA Finals MVP. Like, he he has real clout, and, and players respect that. But that's the soft stuff. Like, I like the way he, he's incredible in pregame interviews. That's soft stuff. The other stuff, like the sort of general appreciation respect that he's that he's earned from players and ant blossoming into something special and other guys getting the sort of uh, freedom to be to do more it just hasn't translated to wins it hasn't translated to success and it hasn't translated to a definable brand of basketball and if there's a knock on Chauncey Billups it's that what does he even want them to do well on defense, he, at first, when he showed up, wanted them to play a hyper-aggressive style of defense where they would chase and trap and play the most aggressive schemes of any team in the NBA. He eventually dialed that back relatively quickly into his first season uh, because it was outrageous, particularly for the personnel that he had. And since then, he's wants to play multiple looks, mostly a switchy man-to-man where they switch most things one through four and oftentimes everything one through five. He wants to mix in some zone. He wants to mix in some press. Um, and he even has some occasional non-switching man-to-man schemes with more traditional approaches to defending pick-and-rolls. 
He wants to be multiple on defense. When he dialed back the hyper-aggressive look, he wants to show different looks and continue to be somewhat aggressive, but not um, have Yusuf Nurkic trapping the ball 30 feet from the rim. It wasn't a good idea, and he scrapped it. But that was his plan right away. To be, to be clear, though, the Blazers have been bottom two on defense both of his seasons. Here's the thing, though. They haven't really had good defensive personnel. They haven't had maybe bottom two in the league personnel, uh, particularly last season. They probably could have been a little bit better, but some of it is what it is. If you're playing Damian Lord and Amphrey Simons, and before that, Damian Lord and CJ McCollum and Amphrey Simons and Norman Powell, it's like there are limitations on how good you can be. Should you be the one of the five worst defensive teams in the league? Probably not. But is it a surprise to teams that you are? Also, probably not. I think this is my sort of the thing that I wrestle with. How much does coaching matter? But but what Billups wants to do is important. Multiple defensive looks, uh, man zone, you know, playing zone, zone on makes, switching into zone out of timeouts, things like that, right? Multiple, he wants to be very multiple. One of the teams last year, at least, that played the, uh, the most, vari- asked players to play the most varieties of defense in the league. On offense, Billups has said that he wants his teams to play fast and share the ball. But the best they've looked on offense is when Billups relented a little bit last year and let Damian Lord match up hunt and spam pick and rolls. Early in the season, uh, they were really committed, and part of this was Damian Lord's preference as well, was to getting Damian Lord off the ball and playing him more minutes off the ball and kind of easing how many reps he got with 10 defensive eyeballs on him when he comes across half court. And the offense was fine, and then it really got rolling when Billups relented and said, okay, Dame's most comfortable running what he wants to run, right? He's the thing that the thing that he is most comfortable with. And, and this was, they figured this out like, you know, before December while Dame was like coming back from uh, the calf injury that caused him to miss 12 games early on in the season. But um, they, they finally, Billups said, okay, you know, we're, we're, we have better offensive personnel than we kind of, than we've been. So I'm just going to let Dame do what he does and letting Dame do what he does, having the best offensive season led to them having the best offense in the NBA from December to March or the second best behind the Sacramento Kings, depending on what service you look at in terms of offensive rating, but an elite offense for many months. But that was going against Chauncey's preferences and stated preferences and leaning into your personnel. It's like, again, players really matter with this stuff, right? So if Billups wants to play that way, well, this season is the chance to put your mark on your style. Damian Lillard is gone. You've turned the keys over to... A 19-year-old point guard who is, you know, a, a natural playmaker and wants to play fast fits Chauncey Billups' style. Uh, Joe Cronin said that he got players that fit Chauncey Billups' style last season, and that didn't come to fruition. He said it again this season as well. I think it's more true now. Last season, the Blazers were 7th in the NBA in isolation possessions. A reduction and f- from first in the league in Terry Stotts' final year when the Blazers were far and away the league leaders in isolation. 
Dame wants to play a certain way. CJ wanted to play a certain way. They were going to play the certain way because Stotts kind of leaned into your strengths. It wasn't the way Stotts' offense looked when he first got the job, but eventually you kind of let your players' skill sets and what they do best take over. To be clear, that last season with Terry Stotts in charge, they were the second best offense in the NBA. But seventh in ISO... Uh, slightly below average in pace last season, right at right around the league average in pace last season. That's a number, you know, quickly number of possessions used uh, in 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 a game uh, that has something to do with your your opponents as well. You can only set the pace in one direction, but your opponents set the pace as well. If there's ever been a chance for Chauncey to put his stamp on it, isn't that right now? Isn't that this season? So this is it. A chance for Chauncey Billups to form his identity. Let's talk about that identity and what it absolutely has to be. Because he's, if I feel right now that I have heard Chauncey say what he wants his team to be, the team no one wants to play against, the team that shares the ball and plays fast. I haven't seen it yet. This season is about establishing that and whether Billups is capable of doing that. Let's talk about what that looks like. To close the show. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about FanDuel. Look, it's football season. It is a great time. A great time to get involved with FanDuel because right now, new customers to FanDuel, America's number one sports book, get a two get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Guaranteed. All you gotta do, place one five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose, by placing one five dollar bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the time to get in on the action. So place your one bet, win or lose, get $200 to play with, and then you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever you're looking for. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. The Blazers have a chance to have a real identity. Billups, Chauncey Billups has players that probably fit his style better than he has in the past and a completely new roster to mold, including six players that are either in their first or second seasons. Some stuff you cannot change as a coach. Jeremy Grant is going to take isolation mid-range jumpers pretty much regardless of what you do and what you want to run. When Jeremy Grant gets it at 19 feet... He's going to take his time. He's going to shoot jump shots. It's who he is. Anthony Simons is going to take some hard three-pointers off the dribble. Tween, tween, hezzy, splickack, um, <laughs> as they will say on the highlights. He's going to do it. That's who he is. You're not going to change him. The defense might be bad because the of the general youth of the roster and the size of the backcourt on a lot of nights. And judging this particular team, as I mentioned, off of win-loss record or offensive and defensive rating, would not be fair to Billups. It wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be fair because this year's team is about development. Uh, you know, I, I earnestly believe that they could have the worst record in the NBA this season and Billups could have a successful season. I think the Blazers could lose 60 games. And if the Blazers do things the right way, that I could come away saying, you know what? This was a good year for Chauncey Billups. They were twenty-two and sixty, and I, I, I think they could, I could come away saying that. 
say you might you might just be uh pausing the audio real quick and saying this guy's dumb <laughs> this mike dude is dumb if they lose 60 games i am out and i am not trying to convince you that like losing is good what i'm trying to convince you is that this team as young as they are, when they've clearly turned the keys over to Scoo Henderson to be the guy, right? He's going to be, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Certainly a lot of the offense is going to run through Avery Simons, going to run for Jeremy Grant. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's going to get his opportunities. DeAndre Ayton's going to get a bunch of chances. Um, it's, it, it's, there are veterans who are going to be able to help. But Shane Sharp's going to be a, a big part of this plan because they have a lot of sort of development investment in him. Scoot Henderson's going to be a big part of this plan. Some of the young forwards are going to have to play just because of the roster. So some version of Jabari Walker and Tumani Kamara and Chris Murray are going to have to get in there. Even fully healthy and you know fully intact uh, without any trades of the other veterans, like this is still a pretty darn young team, even with just their top nine available. So... Well, I'm not going to pick them to lose 60 games. The number I keep having in my head is is that 28 number, right at 28. I think that's a totally reasonable number for it. That's still 50-some losses. It's 54, in case you need the math. But I think Billups can have a successful season even with a heaping, heaping number of losses. And it's because if he can get this team to play with purpose... It'll be considered a success. Purpose is kind of a vague coaching word, right? But what I mean by that is a clear sense of what they want to do on both ends. This team, at a minimum, should be an above-average team in pace, at a minimum. You want them to be top 10, if not faster, right? They keep saying they want to play fast, they have the athletes to play fast, and their half-court offense looks a little shaky. So playing fast might be really, really in their best interest. And if... The players keep saying it, and the coach keeps saying it, and he wants them to share the ball and play with tempo and play as quickly as they can. They got to do it. Play with purpose. Do the things you want to do, a clear sense of what you want to do. Do they share the basketball throughout the possession, or do, or do possessions break off? Or, you know, you can't call every play from an NBA bench. Uh, I think Billups will call a lot more with Scoot in the game than he did in the past with Damian Lord. But sometimes you just freelance, right? You say, hey, let's run, let's run this thing, and it doesn't work. And then you're just, you, there's 14 on the clock, and you're just in a total freelance. The, the judgment of that is, are there four passes after that? Or are there one? Is there one? Is there zero? Is it just a dribble, 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 pull up? Do they share the ball? Do they play quickly? That's, that is a clear sense of what they want to do on offense. And do the young players continue to improve in execution, uh, if not skill, right? Like the sort of linear development of Shaden Sharp should not fall at the hands of Chauncey Billups entirely, right? Um, I think teams, organizations should get credit as players develop, right? That matters. Like, what do you think assistant coaches do and all the skill work and then sort of the the specific way and here's how we want you to get better and here's how you can get better, those type of things, right? That That's meaningful. But, you know, if if Shaden Sharp t- t- does what typical 20-year-olds do and has some highs and has some lows and Scoot Henderson has some highs and has some lows, I think their sort of non-linear development is just natural part of basketball and not the fault of of Billups. But if it's like sh- sh- bad, bad shooting because they're taking good shots and missing them, it is what it is, right? But 
executing what they want to do? Do they get into good stuff? Do they run things to get good looks and it just doesn't work out? Um, are some of their faults skill related? Oh man, Shaden Sharp, just like he doesn't have the handle to get where he wants to go. That's not a Billups problem. If you set a guy up with a chance to attack and he can't attack, that's a skill problem, right? Do the young players continue to execute? Does Billups' schemes put them in good positions to have opportunities? And then they sink or swim with those opportunities. A clear sense of what they want to do. On offense, it's easier to judge. You can say, okay, you know, you can slow it down. You can say, here's what they want to do. Okay, they didn't really get into it. Okay, Jeremy Grant broke it off. Okay, it was actually a, a nice play, but DeAndre Ayton decided to shoot it. And if he had passed it here, or, you know, they had Ayton early, but they got it to him late. And, but it's, you know, like you, you can see, it's much easier to see, right? Defense is a little harder to judge because, uh, you know, you're going against what other teams want to do, preventing, you know, the best defense prevents players from getting into what they want to get into right getting it prevents teams from getting into what what they want to get into uh i don't think the blazers are going to be that disruptive on defense but they certainly have a lot better defensive personnel uh, the potential to have some like straight up good defensive lineups on the court um except for whoever's playing point guard i guess there's a chance that there's like a full vet lineup of brogdon thibel grant Rob and DeAndre Ayton, and that's like a good, a straight up good defensive grouping. I'm going to guess we never see those five on the floor at the same time, but um, there is a potential for at least like one positive defensive lineup. I'm not sure Anthony Simons or Scooter are ever going to be in the game, and you're like, oh, they've got a good defender at point guard. Scoot will get there, but he doesn't look like he's there. Scoot could get there, but he doesn't look like he's close to there yet. And Simons, um, you know, it, it has not ever been a positive defender um, in his six NBA seasons, five NBA seasons. So, on defense, it's a little bit harder to judge, but do they play connected even if they get overwhelmed a little bit? I think that's a, a reasonable ask. Uh, one of the things that has st struck me in the preseason is that the Blazers transition defense, and not even just like getting back, but locating the ball and locating all five offensive players has been bad. And that's communication stuff, right? That you can clean up. You can't maybe stop everybody, and sometimes teams are going to beat you in transition because transition is the best way to attack because it's hard to find every single offensive player when you're retreating in, on defense. But there's been times when it's just like, hmm, we didn't get to the corner, and now they're taking an open corner three. Let's play against the uh, Suns where Grayson Allen got an and one with 19 on the shot clock. It's like, so they got down the court and got fouled in two seconds, basically from the, like, you know, it's a 24 second shot clock. By the time they got across half court, it's like two seconds to the rim from the 20 21 second mark. Like, Hmm. Hmm. That seems a little too quickly. So some of the defensive stuff is just like, can they take away? Do they not give up garbage buckets? The zone has looked really rough. In the NBA, the zone is, you got to match up in zone. Like you have to be guarding a player. If you're not guarding a player and you're only guarding a spot in NBA zones, you're going to get beat and you really got to communicate. The way the Blazers use their 2-3 zone is they kind of use it as like a de facto drop where they put one of their centers just kind of hanging out in the paint. Uh, so the four perimeter guys kind of locate in the paint and, and, the, and the middle guy finds people who are in the dunker spot and along the baseline. But then they've just been eaten up with simple screen, get to the middle type of stuff. It's execution stuff there. What do they want to do? They don't need to be particularly good at it, but if they give up easy butt naked, butt naked shots, it's like that starts to feel like, are they getting better? Are they executing the plan? So it will be 
this is the year for me that Billups makes make or break is like my opinion doesn't matter is what I'm trying to hedge here and say like I haven't thought that John C. Billups is a particularly good coach yet but my opinion hasn't mattered as of yet um he has seasons left on his contracts uh I think there is reason to be skeptical whether the Blazers current ownership group would pay two coaches although they haven't been particularly cheap in the ways sort of traditional ways you would think G League team renovations to the arena like um they're they're i don't think that would terrify them with a season with a couple seasons left a couple seasons left but i think there's a reason not to do it with three full seasons left i think billups deserves a full year now to prove that he can play a team that has purpose and a clear sense of what they want to do we've heard billups talk about it but we haven't seen it Neither of the first two years have you come away saying, oh, that's the way a Chauncey Billups team plays, or oh, that's the Blazers' identity. For most of the first two years, the Blazers' identity has been team that's easy to score on and it's almost laughable. I don't think the Blazers are going to make this jump to be a above-average defense this year, but they should be tougher and a little put up more resistance with more regularity. And on offense, they should play in the way they have described so openly to us, with pace and with a whole lot of passing. If they play with purpose and Billups puts a stamp on it, then you can feel that at least he has this specific impact, as opposed to like, what does he do? Because that's how I felt watching Billups in his first two years, obviously in uh, some challenging and then interesting, we'll call that season, interesting circumstances. I think this is as big a year for the coaching staff since the 2018-19 season. The Blazers got rocked out of the playoffs in 2018 and they brought everybody back. And that year they were darn good and made the Western Conference Finals. You're not going to have that type of success this year. Just too many good teams in the West and the team's too young. But it was sort of a proof of concept type of thing. It was like, listen, we can, here's what we do and we can do it well. The Blazers under Billups in year three needed to find what they do and do it to the best of their abilities. But the most important thing they're going to do this year is form an identity. If you can say this is the identity of the Portland Trailblazers under Chauncey Billups at the end of the season, I consider it a success. And then we can talk about what that identity is and whether it makes sense going forward. But if we get to the end of the year and it's just totally unclear kind of what what they want to do identity-wise and you don't feel like the young players were put in the best positions to succeed, then it's time to talk about other moving on and other options. You got thoughts on Chauncey Billups? If you're a YouTube watcher, share them in the comments. Uh, if you want to send me an email, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.